Well, good evening, everybody. Second attempt tonight. Sorry if you've been hanging on for a while. Um, looks like we had a bit of uh, glitching uh, issues there, getting started. And Sandy has given me the thumbs up. We are on air. Praise the Lord. <laughs> ah, there's a first time for everything, isn't there? So we run. Okay, a bit of a stressful way to start the evening, but we'll, we'll, uh, we'll settle into it now. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> And thank you, Dan, for, for getting us sorted out. Bless you, brother. Well, I think we're a few minutes over our normal start time, so I'm going to get straight into it. Um, hopefully everybody that is online and wants to be online will be ready. So let's get cracking. So, hope you all had a good Sunday um, and you've had a good holiday and you're all ready to get going in the new year. And so now we're going to start a new series this year called building the house. And I really believe that this is just a word in season for us. You know, um, it's, 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 it doesn't, you don't need to be a, a rocket surgeon or a brain surgeon uh, to, to, to recognize the seasons that we're living in. And if ever there was a time that we need to be, almost to be planting out again, to be rebuilding and to be, to be building the house, not just, not just the, the, the church corporately, but our, but our own lives and, and picking up from where we were and going forward with, God, with what God has for us, then this must surely be the time, isn't it? So tonight I want to just start with, a, with an introduction, really just to establish um, where we start, when we talk about building the house, where, where are we going to start and, and we're going to look at, at the how and the what we want to build. And we'll pick up on this on, on, on the weeks to come. So tonight I'm just going to get, get going and let's just get into this. And uh, let's just trust God. And we're just going to open and pray. Lord, we just thank you that this is your word, Father. Lord, that your word doesn't return void. It accomplishes that for which you sent it forth, Father. So I just thank you for the word that you've laid on my heart, Father. I pray, Father, that you would take this Holy Spirit, that you would minister it to people in the individual ways that each and every person needs to hear your word, Lord. So we just give you thanks for that by faith now in Jesus' name. Amen. So... Where do we start? We want to build. We want to build corporately, which is the church, and we want to build individually our, our own lives. Peter referred to us as those living stones that, that the Lord is building together into that holy temple. And I think the starting place has got to be by reviewing what we have and what we want to take into the season ahead. You know, there's, there's a, a, a principle, or there seems to be a principle in the Word of God that God takes away to establish. God takes away to establish. Now, please don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not suggesting for a moment that God brought on COVID and lockdown to take away the old, to bring into some new era. It's not what I believe. It is certainly not what I'm teaching tonight. It's not what I mean. What I do mean is this. I mean, I mean John 14, 15, Jesus spoke about uh, us being the, the branches and he's the vine. And the, the father is the, the gardener, the vine dresser who, who comes and prunes. I'm talking about that. You see, any good gardener knows that they will come and they will prune away the old so that they can make and encourage growth of the new. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about God taking away to establish the new. And in fact, in Hebrews 10 verse 9, talking about the old and the new covenants, it says that he, God, takes away the first, that he may establish the second. Furthermore, we can look in the Gospels. Jesus, uh, speaking to his disciples, says that no one takes 
uh, new wine and pours it into old wineskins. Why? Because the old wineskins have, have, are no longer fit for purpose. They've, they've lost their flexibility. And the new wine will expand, it would burst the wineskins and the wine and the wineskins would be ruined. He says, but you take new wineskins for the new wine. So you get rid of the old and you, and you bring in the new. If you still aren't convinced, how about Genesis, the creation? Genesis chapter 1, verses 5 through to 31, the creation. And every day it says that God created, and it says, and then the evening and the morning were the first day. And then the evening and the morning were the second day. Now, to our Western way of thinking, you, they got that sequence wrong. It's morning and evening, but not so. In the Jewish mindset, the day starts with the evening. I mean, think about it. Jewish Sabbath is a Saturday, isn't it? And yet they, they start on the Friday night because the Jewish Sabbath starts at 6 p.m. on the Friday night and goes into the Saturday. So it's the, it's the evening first and then the morning. God takes away before he establishes the new. And the final thought in that would be ourselves. When we got saved, when we got born again, the Bible said that we become a new creation. Old things were passed away. All things become new. The old has to be dealt with before we go into the new. And I think, although I've elaborated on this a little, I think it's with good purpose because I think it's so vital that as we go into this new season now, we, we need to be very clear about what it is that we want to take into this new season with us. You see, it might have been good last year or the year before, but is it fit for purpose now? Is it for the season that lies ahead of us? We just need to determine that it is. And if it is, good. But if it's not, Let's put it aside, at least for now, hey? So, out with the old, in with the new. Call it a spiritual spring clean. Um, making place for that new thing. Um, so, will it work now? Is it required now? How do we know that? We need to spend time with God. You see, we're talking about building the church, but we're also talking about building our lives individually. And so you and I have a relationship, first of all, vertically and then horizontally, vertically, vertically with the Lord and, and horizontally with one another. The most important of those relationships has got to be the vertical, the, the relationship with the Father. We need to, to hear from the Father, get his plan and purpose for our life, hear from him. What does he want me to take into the future with me? God knows how to talk to me. God knows who I am. He knows my postcode. He knows how I'm wired. Bad news for, for some of you, but I've got news for you. God speaks with a Durban accent. Sorry. God has a Jesus has a Durban accent. There you go, I said it. Jesus has a Durban accent. That's in fact that is the way that he speaks to me. You see what I'm saying is Jesus speaks to me in a way that I recognize. He speaks in a way that, that I am wired, that I would process what he's telling me. And he does the same for you. And it's not difficult. You know, God is the most intelligent being that ever was. For, for sure, he, he's the creator, right? He knows how to speak to you. When he wants to speak to you, he will speak to you. You will know, you will understand. And in fact, I think so often we doubt ourselves and we, and we go around trying to get prophecies and all sorts of words from other people. But really, we need to just be still and know that he is God. Jesus said in, in John 14, I think it was, that um, telling his disciples, you know, it's profitable, profitable, try that again, profitable, for you that I go away. Because if I go away, the spirit of truth will come. The, the, the spirit of truth whom the world can't receive. 
because the world neither sees him nor knows him. He says, but you know him, for he is with you, and he will be in you. While the day of Pentecost is now past since then, and the Holy Spirit is with you, child of God, he is in you. You know his voice, a stranger's voice you won't follow. Psalm 37 says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. He will guide you from the inside out. The psalmist said that he will guide you with his hour. You just need to spend time with him and allow him to guide you. Remember this, though, that he will never contradict his word. Always base what you feel God is telling you upon the written word of God. That is our baseline. That is what we take everything back to. Does this line up or does this contradict the word of God? And of course, get, get godly counsel, speak to those that you respect and, and acknowledge that you see good fruit in, in the Lord. So let's hear from God. Let's make sure that we are getting his direction in our, in our lives so that we know what is it we want to keep for the season. What is it that we need to discard? Prayerfully consider it and be ready to make a commitment to what it is that, that, that God is calling you to do for now in this season. Remember, for every yes you make, you're saying no to something else. Because unless you're God and you're not, or you've invented a way to clone yourself, you can't be in two places at the same time, right? You can't be doing A and B at the same time. So for every yes you make, you're saying no to something else. So, so let's be sure that whatever we are saying our yes to, we are able to commit to that and to see it through. And that is why this year's Family Church, we, we are starting the year by fasting, dedicating the, the first fruits of the, of the year to the Lord, putting aside our own desires, putting down the flesh that we can hear from God. What is it that you want us to discard going into this year 2021? What is that we should be picking up and taking with us? So, church, children of God, let us make space. Let us make space for the new way God is directing us. Just one word of warning while we're doing this. We live in what Paul said 2,000 years ago were perilous times. And I believe so much more now. There is so much fake news out there. There are so many weird doctrines. Church, we have got to stay on the center path. Stay on the center path. Remember, our foundation is built on the apostles and the prophets. The foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Jesus Christ himself is the chief cornerstone. We need to make sure that that, that foundation of the apostles, the, 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 it's the doctrine of the apostles, that the, the, the word that has been given to us and handed down to us, that we could have a sound doctrine, a, a, a clear path. Yes, it is a narrow path that we walk. Yes, there are turns and bends that we don't see. But it is sound. The principles are there in the Word of God. We have been given the Word of God. We can follow that. Beware, beware, beware of divisive people, church. Run, shun divisive people. We live in a time of great deception. Stay with the Word of God. What is that central theme of the Gospel of Jesus Christ? John 3.16 John 3.17 have got to be the foundation for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, whosoever church believes in him shouldn't perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17 is even more radical. For God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world but that 
through the will through him could be saved. This is the gospel. This is the good news, the too good to be news, too good to be true news, church, that God is that God loves the world. And this is the news that we are to take to the world. This has got to be our central theme. Matthew 5, Jesus speaking. Look it up in your Bible. The letters are in red. Jesus speaking. He says, you've heard it said you will love your neighbor and hate your enemies. But I say to you, ah, Jesus, the head of the church, say to you, Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who persecute you. Why? That you may be like your Father in heaven. This is the way our Father in heaven is. We want to be like Him. John 13, 14, 15. Over and over, Jesus repeats this new commandment to the disciples. Love one another as I have loved you. Love one another. This is the central theme of the gospel. Not, not, not the, the mold under the armpit on the, of, of, of the Antichrist or the, you know, whatever else. No, this is the central theme of the gospel. Let's make sure we major on the majors. Stay safe. Stay in the center path. I'm not saying being an ostrich and put your head in the ground, but stay on the central path. God has called us to share this great commission. 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter says, though I have all faith, but have not love, I am nothing. A clanging cymbal, sounding brass. Now church, we know that faith is so important. Hebrews 11.6 tells us, without faith, it's impossible to please God. But faith that doesn't have love is, has no value in the eyes of God. Faith working by love is what it's about, church. We need to make sure that we have faith working by love. You know, there's so many things going on in the church, sorry, in the world at this time that, that each and every one of us could agree with from a very fundamental basis. I mean, there's just the world are calling black white and white black, what's wrong is good and, you, you know, but we are committed that we will not stand up and preach against what other people are doing. We are going to stand up and preach the truth and let God convict, let God save. But we are going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, they say you don't clean a fish until you've caught it. Well, it's our job to catch the fish. We catch the fish by telling people, reminding, letting people know of the goodness of God, how much God cares for them, that, that he came down to earth and, and died and paid the price for their sins so they could be saved. And then we hand them over to the Holy Spirit. He is the one who sanctifies. Gosh, can you remember how you were when Jesus got a hold of your life? I can remember how deep he had to dig to, to drink me out of that miry clay. But he's done a wonderful work in my life. Man, 30 years almost have passed now. I can't believe the difference that he's made in me because he started changing me. And I can see, man, there's a different way of doing things. There's a better way of doing things. Allow the Holy Spirit to clean the people. Let us just take them the good news that God loves them, that God is willing to receive them before they clean up their act. Now, for all of you the family church, this week, Pastor Andy is kicking off his boot camp on Soul Survivor. Soul Winner, my, my apologies. So I always call it Soul Survivor. It's the, anyway, Soul Winner, Soul Winner. Pastor Andy is at heart an evangelist. That is his number one passion. Now, we aren't all called to stand in the office of the evangelist. That, that is a fivefold ministry gift as described in the book of Ephesians. We, don't, we aren't all called to stand as evangelists. However, we are certainly all called to be ambassadors 
for Christ. An ambassador represents one to another. We are called to be ambassadors to, for Christ, to represent him well to the world, to reconcile men to God. We are called church each and every one of us, regardless of whether you are a, a housewife or, or a professional or whatever it is that you do, you are called to the ministry. You are called to the ministry of reconciliation. We are called to reconcile people to God. We are not called to hatred and division. Avoid divisive people. Stay on the center path. That's the only warning I can give you, church. Stay in the word. Stay close to Jesus. Stay in the center. Okay. So... We want to build. So how do we build? Because this is so important. How we build is so important, church, because what we build will be tested by time. You know, you look at building in the natural, any structural flaws that are that are inherent in the building when it when those foundations are laid, when that building is put up, any structural flaws will take time to materialize. The building won't necessarily fall over overnight. But give it time. How often do we see on the news, sadly we see on the news, how in the third world countries specifically, there's been an earth tremor and a building has come down and collapsed when it shouldn't have. Why? It wasn't built correctly in the first instance. For you and I, take that back to our marriages, to our businesses, to our, our finance, to our relationships, to our walk with God. How are we building? It is so important how we build. Matthew 7, verses 24 to 27. Make a note, we won't have time to read it, I'm sorry. Matthew 7, verses 24 to 27. Jesus tells a story about a man who, who heard his word and went away and did it. And Jesus said, you know what this man is like? This man is like like one who, who went and, 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 he, and he dug down deep into the rock bed and he, and he laid a foundation in this rock and he built his house upon this rock. And then there was another man, he said. He said, this man heard my words, but he didn't go away and do that. And he was like a man who, who went and built his house on the sand without any foundation. And then time tested both of these structures and storms came to both of these structures. You know the story. The one on the sand was fell, fell down and was destroyed. There was a structural flaw in it. It wasn't built properly. But the one that was built by hearing and doing the word of God. You see, we can't be hearers only deceiving ourselves, but we need to be doers of the word. Doers of the word, church. This is how we are to build. So consider, church, consider how we are building. Look back at what has worked and the past. Is it needful now? Is it useful for the season that we're in now? What is God directing you to do in the season that's ahead? What is he preparing you to do? Like I said, be confident. Know that you do hear the voice of God. You do hear that inward witness. You know which way he's leading you. If you are delighting yourself in the Lord, you can be confident in that. A stranger's voice you'll not follow. Be confident in that. Now, be wise as well and make sure that you get confirmation from, don't just rush off and you heard the word India, India. You know, you heard the story? The man, he had a word India, India. So he dropped everything, sold everything, rushed off to India. And two years later, broke, busted and disgusted. And he says to God, God, you said to me, India, India. And God said, listen, if you'd waited long enough, I wanted to say to you, send money to India. Right. So don't just rush off. 
hear from God, take your time, get godly counsel, seek God, but he will speak to you. I love that movie, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. My favorite comedy of all time, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. I just love it. You know, you must watch it. If you haven't seen it, please see it for my sake because I've seen it so many times, but I love it. The storyline, the, 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 the young Greek girl, she meets young non-Greek boy, wants to get married. Father, very pro-Greek, doesn't want them to get married, does against this. Mother, she's, she's for the daughter, whatever the daughter makes the daughter happy, right? So the mother and the daughter have a conversation and the mother says to the daughter, listen, listen, my daughter, don't you worry about a thing. I'll sort your father out. And the daughter says, yeah, but mommy's the head of the home. These men, they don't listen. And she says, listen, don't you worry. Your father might be the head of the home, but the wife is the neck. And the neck turns the head where it wants it to look. I'll turn your father's head in the right direction. Now trust God. He will turn your head in the right direction. He allows you and I to be the head of our lives. God will never override your sovereign will. God gave you a sovereign will. And he will never override it. Trying to pray somebody change the world is, is nothing more than spiritual witchcraft, to be very honest. Witchcraft is all about changing somebody else's will against their will. God doesn't do that. God gives us a free will. He'll never override it. But in his grace, he's the neck. He will turn us to look in the direction we need to be going. Praise God for that. So consider how you're building. Consider what has worked. And, and, and let's be going in the direction that God has called us to. Remember, we are living stones. We are living stones. The, the, the quality of a building is never going to exceed the quality of the stones used in the building. If there is a flaw, if there's a fundamental flaw in the, in the compound of that stone, if there is structural damage in the, in the stones, the whole building is at risk, isn't it? Your life child of God, matters. Your life matters. How you live your life matters. You are a stone. You are a living stone that has been brought together with all of us, brought together into a holy temple. Don't you know the Bible says that your life is no longer your own, but was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ? Your life matters, and how you live your life matters. Now, apologize, I suppose, if it's a bit sobering at the beginning, but it'll get better, but it'll get better. But the point is this, is that your life matters. And let's make sure that we are building something that is useful for God and useful for the kingdom. Nehemiah, got to be the, 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 the biggest uh, or the best book in the Bible regarding the, the uh, subject of building. Nehemiah, he, he's rebuilding the, the, the walls of Jerusalem that have been broken down. A couple of things to pick out from, from, the, from the life of Nehemiah. First of all, Nehemiah knew his God. Nehemiah knew God. Why does that matter? Because unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless we've got this vertical thing going on with God, unless we know our God and we've got this going on, we're going to be building in vain. We're going to be laboring in vain, going in the wrong direction. We need God to be building the house that we are, that we are laboring towards. Secondly, no, not only did Nehemiah have a vision from God, but he also had a mind for hard work. Nehemiah was not shy of getting his hands dirty. You know, vision without action is nothing more than wishful or fanciful thinking. It's a daydream. 
there is this balance, and we'll get into this in the weeks ahead. This is we're just touching on things and, and trying to establish how we're going to move forward. But but we'll look into this in the weeks ahead. But there is a balance between the less the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain, and the fact that we are his co-laborers and we have got to roll up our sleeves and be willing to do some hard work. I remember they always said to us in Bible college that ministry is spelled W-O-R-K, it's work. And, and we want to labor for God. It's a labor of love and we are laborers for God and co-laborers with Jesus Christ. Thirdly, Nehemiah had faithful people standing alongside of him. Question for you, who are you building your future with? Who are you building your future with? You see, never underestimate the power of other people's opinion in your life. Never underestimate the power that other people, when you allow other people into your life, when you, you receive their opinion. You know, before I share any message, I wake over with Sandy and no matter how strongly I feel that this is a word from God, I'm still looking at Sandy. I'm still trying to judge and ascertain what's her opinion on this. Because although I, I do have a level of confidence in, in myself and in hearing from God, but I'm always, and I think we're all like that. You know, I mean, who's been there before that you have a brilliant day, everything goes right except for one person, just one person you don't even necessarily know or you don't even care much for their opinion but they disagree with with you how can that 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 thought that one person how does that plan your mind the opinion of somebody who who you don't really particularly esteem or even know be careful who you allow into building your future with you the people that we choose to work with so important. Nehemiah had faithful people who were going in the same direction as him. How can two walk together unless they be in agreement? Make sure that you are walking in agreement with others who are going in the same direction as you. So let us arise and let us build. It is time to build. 2021 is here and we are going to be building. But what? What is it that you see before you? What what is it that you want to build? What is God leading you to build? Remember, we are building. We're extending. As if, if we were talking about a physical house, we were talking about uh, adding an extension to the house. We want to be building and extending, adding to what we have. We've got that stable foundation built on the apostles and prophets, upon the word of God. But remember, we are living stones. We are living people. We have living foundations. We are a work in progress. We are always, always strengthening the foundations. We should always be strengthening our foundations. Last year, just from the Sunday Night Local series, we did, we did that series on faith, if you remember. And we looked at the faith of Abraham. We looked at, we looked at how faith and patience work together. We looked at, you know, the immediacy of faith and, and how we need hope to add our faith to and we looked at the subject of faith and then we went on and we looked at the fruit of the Spirit and we looked at the aspect that the fruit of the Spirit was evidence of the, the nature of Christ being formed in us. What was that? It was the nature of Christ being formed in us. In other words, the fruit of the Spirit is the nature of Christ. That's what we see being evidenced in our lives. So the nature of Christ is love, it's joy, it's peace. The nature of Christ is joy. Think on that. The nature of Christ is joy. God is not some mean old man with a big stick waiting to beat you up. No, 
He is joyful. Didn't Jesus say that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete? Jesus, the character of Jesus is love. It is joy. It is peace, long-suffering, goodness, faithfulness. Oh, come on. The fruit of the Spirit. This is the nature of Christ. These are the things that we are building the foundation of our lives on. But now, now is our time to, to go into our Jerusalem, go into our Samaria, go into the ends of the world with what God has given us. It's not time to sit down in a darkened room just meditating on this. We do that, but then we need to go out and take what we have been given. What are you doing with what God has shown you? You know, ever since I went to, to Bible college, when I very first got saved, I developed such a hunger, such a love for the Word of God, and ever since then, I, I, I was like this, like the, 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 the psalmist said, when I kept quiet, it was like my bones burned inside of me because I knew I had something inside of me that I had been taught. It's not that I think I'm so wise or so clever, but I've been taught things and I know it is on my heart. I have got to share what I have been taught with others. When that's done, I can go home. I will go home, but I'm going to go home empty. I'm not going to go home with any potential left. I want to go home empty. I want to fulfill God's call on my life. I want to go home empty and give everything that I have been taught, pass it on to others, pass on the baton, and not before. So what are we doing? Remember the parable of the talents. Remember Jesus said, he, the, 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 the master called his servants to him and he gave one five and the other two and the other one talent. And from all of them, he expected a return. And he said, to whom who has, more will be given. But to whom who doesn't have, even what he thinks he has, will be taken away from him. I don't want God taking anything away from me. We use it or we lose it. So what has God given you and what are you going to do with it? So what are we building? What are we adding to? How are you going to judge a success or failure? Will it be by recognition from man? Will it be that, that corner office would it be from a title? Now, don't get me wrong, there is a place where we do need recognition from man. There needs to be fruit to what we're doing. I go back to Pastor Steve and I want feedback. I need, I need recognition in the sense that I need, I need people that I respect in the Lord. Pastor Steve, Pastor, what do you think? Are we doing this? Is this, is this working? Is there fruit to what we're doing? I need that form of recognition. I'm not looking for the corner office. I'm not looking for the title. I just want that, that confirmation. There's got to be fruit to what I feel called to do. But it's more about the fruit. It's about the longevity. It's not about the success. Jesus said, well done, my good and faithful servant. Not my good and successful servant. So we need to be faithful. We need to make sure that we are committed to what God has called us to. Jesus said, no one putting their hand to the plow and turning back is fit for the kingdom of God. We want to have longevity. We want to be faithful servants of God. So how are we going to do this? What's required? Always in anything we do, we need to be planning. We need to count the cost. What's required? And what's the cost? You know, we need to be witnessing to our neighbours. What an opportune time to be sharing the love of God with our neighbours when everybody is so aware of their mortality. Every day we see the figures. How many new COVID patients? How many deaths? People are very aware of their mortality. 
What an opportunity. This is better than Christmas or Easter to share the gospel with your neighbors. So, so what do we need to do that? Let's plan. Let's prepare. Pastor Andy's running this course this week. Get on the course. Learn how to do it. Pay, pay the cost. Pay the price. It's every Wednesday night for six weeks or so. Do it. Five weeks and then a follow-up. And then, and then what, is it, what is the plan we've got? What is the timing and the sequence? Do the course first, then, then move on to the next one, whatever the case might be. And, is, and, and look at the plan. Is it realistic? You know, I understand that when God calls us to something, the vision that God gives us is going to be bigger than anything we can accomplish for ourselves. Otherwise, we don't need God for it. There's no, so, not, no, not true that unless the Lord builds us because this was something Chris could do. No, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is, is it realistic? If you're 65 years old and you've only got your GCSEs, that's not a problem. But if you come to me and you say at the age of 65 with your GCSEs, God's called me to be a heart surgeon. I don't think the plan's realistic because to be a heart surgeon, you need to go and study. And then you need to do all these years of preparation. You see where I'm going? So is the plan realistic? Is it within your gifting to do this? Is it within something that God has given you? And then who's required? Who is required? And do they know it? Do they know your expectations on them? Church is so important that we don't assume that the people that God is in our love know what we expect of them and what we need from them. Remember, a couple of things. There are seasons to every relationship and there are boundaries to every relationship. Not every relationship is for life. Not every relationship. Some are. Praise God for those. But some are for a season. And they are just as good as long as we don't try and make it something that it isn't. So who are the people in your life? Who do you require in your life? What are those relationships? What are the seasons? What are the boundaries of those relationships? Do they understand your expectations on them? I think of the story. I think my old, old pastor back in SA used to tell this one. And I'll repeat it because I think it's worth repeating. He, he told the story about that, that good husband who's, um, who knew that his wife was well, under a lot of stress at work. And being a good guy, he decided he's going to bless his wife. He made a fundamental problem when he did so, and I'll give you the clue up front. He didn't ask her what she needed. He decided what he thought she needed. Anyway, so he made an assumption, and he thought what she wants is a nice meal So and, and, and a lovely evening in relaxing at home with him so he arranged for the in-laws to come around and pick up the kids and take the kids off and babysit them for the night he got home early from work he prepared a favorite meal set out the table wine glasses on the table the whole cabane candlelights her favorite music she walked in the door and he said hello darling so glad you're home and she looked at him and she said well, what's what's all this and he said oh it's your favorite i've prepared your favorite meal for you uh, i've got the the the, the music going I said, oh, love, I am just so tired. Do you mind? Would you really be offended if I just, all I want is just go and climb, I want to go and climb the bath. I just want to go and soak in there and just process what I've been through today. Poor guy. He's sitting there and says, he's feeling rejected, offended. His wife has just rejected all that he has done for her. She's lying up there thinking, what is wrong with this man? Doesn't he understand what I'm going through? He just wants to spend one-on-one -on -one with me. I need to process. I need time out. Church, make sure that people understand your expectations on them. Be careful we don't have false assumptions. It causes a lot of problems. Okay, so I think that kind of concludes for, for tonight. Let's make sure that we are willing 
to tear down what is no longer required for the season ahead of us. Let's make sure that we are willing to, to, to make the effort to seek God and to, to, to put in the hard work to rebuild what is broken, what is in disrepair. Like Nehemiah, he, repair, he rebuilt those walls. He didn't just repair them. He tore them down and he rebuilt them. Let's make sure we have strong foundations. They are living foundations. Let's be continually adding to that living foundation. God bless you, church. We live in difficult times. But our God is the creator. And I tell you what, he has got good things ahead for his church. He is coming back for a glorious and a radiant bride. So keep building, keep seeking God. And until we talk again, God bless you.